You can go from sitting around wondering if you'll ever work again to marveling at how, you know, all 31 squares in the month suddenly got filled in. <laughs> Hi there and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Mike Rowe is a television host and narrator. He's known for his work on the Discovery Channel series Dirty Jobs and the series Somebody's Gotta Do It, originally developed for CNN. He hosted a series produced for Facebook called Returning the Favor, in which he found people doing good deeds and did something for them in return. He also hosts a podcast called The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe and heads up a fantastic foundation called Mike Rowe Works, where veterans can find job training and apply for free scholarships to trade schools. We are so happy to have Mike Rowe back with us right here on Celebrity Salute. Man, you make me sound busy, Randy, but I guess I'm good. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, it's so nice of you to take the time, especially in the holidays, to talk to us. Do you slow down at all during the holidays? No, actually. It's a um, it's it's a strange thing, but when you work on multiple projects, you promote multiple projects. Right. And, you know, I'm super fortunate. I've never had so much going on at the same time. It's everything you mentioned plus a show called uh, How America Works right. on Fox Business, and another show called The Story Behind the Story on TBN, and a line of whiskey called Noble, and a foundation that has completely yeah. blown up around me. So I'm, I'm kind of in the... Th it's like falling down the stairs. You know, you make a... <laughs> You make great progress quickly, but <laughs> well, you know, we had Jerry O'Connell on the show a few weeks ago, uh -huh. and I said, "Man, you're you're on everything. It's like a mandate now that you got to host every game show." And he said, two years ago, I was sitting at home in my underwear, thinking I'd never work again." <laughs> and he said, and, "But now I'm everywhere." Yeah, it's like stepping in gum. You know, it's 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 a strange, it's a strange business, and it's always changing. And, you know, lockdowns had a huge impact, of course, on everything. Sure. But you can go. I mean, he's right. Jerry's right. You can go from sitting around wondering if you'll ever work again to marveling at how, you know, all 31 squares in the month suddenly got filled in. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's like a farmer. You know, you, you plant more stuff than you think will grow knowing that some of it will die. And, and every so often, the, the rain and the sun shine and, and, and rain perfectly. And all of a sudden, you got to get the crop. And so, boo-hoo, <laughs> you know, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, right, right. It's a lot like morning radio that I used to do, Mike. You throw everything you can against the wall and just hope that one thing sticks Yeah, at some point, yeah. right? Right. And that's <laughs> how your career goes. And then one day, Either nothing sticks and you panic or everything sticks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, your podcast is phenomenal. I, I I just listened to an episode, the one about sometimes you just got to squeeze the beaver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah. <laughs> and now, who's the guy that, that hosts this with you? He's he's fantastic. He's, uh, his name is Chuck Klausmeyer, and he's an old high school buddy. You know, ah. and yeah, I've, I've literally known the guy over 40 years. And it's just one of those things that happens, you know, as you get older, 
you know, if you're in my line of work anyway, and if you've been lucky enough to, you know, have some shows that people actually watch, then the relationships from the old days become weirdly more important. And, right, right. You know, in, in relative terms, I'm I'm sure the same is true, you know, for people who serve, you know, it's the, yep. it, it's a weird band of brothers mentality. And, um, you know, so it's important to me now to work with people who knew me in the old days, because, you know, you can, you can kind of trust them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, they were authentic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy, Chuck, you're talking about, he and I, I, we really came up, you know, in a, in a very similar way. We, we used to sing in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I read that. It, and, and like, that's such a weird part of my distant past, but to have this guy back in my life now, Chuck works on the foundation. He pops up in all kinds of commercial campaigns. You know, we write jingles together for sponsors of the podcast who didn't ask for them, <laughs> but we just give them to them anyway. That's so cool. You know, because it amuses ourselves. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the, the podcast kind of reminds me, I, I don't know if you're a Paul Harvey fan. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, and I know that you wrote all of these stories, you researched them and that's the, that's the tough part, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing to tell them, but, and tell them in a, in a great way that you do, but to have those stories, it kind of reminds me of the rest of the story from Paul Harvey. Well, thanks. I mean, Paul Harvey inspired, you know, the podcast in its original form was me writing short mysteries, uh, telling you something you didn't know about someone famous who you do and you get to figure out who I'm talking about along the way. Right. That's how it started six years ago. That, that turned into a book, that book turned into a TV show. And now the podcast is this longer form. Uh, we still do the short stories, but we also have guests on and we'll talk for an hour or two. And, and so it's just another way. I mean, honestly, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but it's really just a way to amuse ourselves you know and if and if other people come along for the ride well then that's a model that you can run with and um and honestly that's if there's a secret recipe to all the stuff i do that's what it is you know amuse yourself let the viewer or the listener be involved in the content and then you know just try and not make an ass out of yourself if you can or make an ass out of yourself <laughs> either way you know what? I'm not sure there's a difference anymore. Well, right? I, <laughs> so you talked about barbershop quartets. I got to tell you just a quick story. I used to do a morning show in Atlanta, and I love barbershop quartets. And we would have these guys come in and do pop versions or barbershop quartet versions of pop songs, uh, like Michael Jackson's Bad and, and different things yeah. like that. So uh, my wife goes out of town. She's coming back on Valentine's Day. I bring these guys to the airport. And as soon as she steps off the plane, they go into it. And, <laughs> and I mean, it was a, it, it, it was on TV, you know, it's every, I mean, how many times do you see a barbershop quartet at the airport? And it was just phenomenal. And I, I just don't think they're given enough credit. Well, look, it's, it's like anything else, you know, when it's good, it's great. Yeah. When it's bad, <laughs> yeah. when it's bad, it's all, staggering. All it takes is one. That's right. You know, and, and quartetting is, it's, it's one of those, it's like the ultimate team sport for singers. You know, you're only as good as your weakest link. And, um, <laughs> you know, the great weird tragic thing about, about that form of music is, you know, you can stand in a stairwell 
with three guys you've never met <laughs> who all know the same basic songs. And they call it woodshedding, you know, because you mm-hmm. ought to do it in a woodshed. But sure. you, you figure out what the harmonies are. And it's great fun to do. But until you really get it right, it's a real torture to listen to. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And but, so, but when yeah, it's right, it's, it, it, when it's right, it's amazing. Oh, it's look. There's a thing on my Facebook page right now. I literally posted it yesterday, where I'm singing all four parts to the Dirty Jobs theme song, <laughs> which I wrote years ago. And again, I did it mostly to amuse myself, and I just put it up there, and it just strikes a chord, so to speak, in a lot of people who, you know, singing is a it's a it's its own language, yeah. and People are always surprised when they hear about my background. You know, I started in the opera. Right. I started right. I started as a singer. And so I've, you know, I don't want to lose touch with the with the crazy weirdness of those days. And so the podcast and various other shows I work on, at this point in my career, I you know, I write my own songs and, and I sing them. And, you know. And you just, you just always seem like you're having a good time. And I think that's the other kind of magic of, of what you do and why people like it. And it, especially if people go to MikeRow.com, there's so many entertaining things there. But this is the first that I'm hearing about the whiskey. What? Tell me, yeah. about, tell me about the whiskey. Well, like most good things that I forest gumped my way into, this was an accident. I, um, I decided during the lockdowns, that it would be good to bring dirty jobs back because right. I mean, it was headline news, you know, essential work. And a lot of people were asking, you know, why not do new apps? And I, I didn't have a good reason not to, uh, it's a great way for me to promote my foundation. But this year I thought, you know, dirty jobs was dedicated to a guy named Carl Noble who happened to be my granddad. And he, he only went to the seventh grade, but, you know, by the time he was 30, he was building houses without a blueprint. He was a, he was just a mechanical genius. And Dirty Jobs was a tribute to him. And my foundation, Microworks, was a tribute to him. And so he only had daughters. And when he died, his name kind of died with him. And it's Noble, K-N-O-B-E-L. So I came across some really great five-year-old Tennessee whiskey that was down in a uh, a, a, a distillery in Tennessee and I tasted it and I just thought it was great. So I had a sort of a weird opportunity to buy a tranche of it. And I did. And I started selling it as a fundraiser for my foundation. It's called Noble. And um, it, it was just a tribute to my pop. Wow. And, and, Oh my God. Well, we sold out in like four days. So we got more and sold out in a couple of weeks. And then I finally got it on shelves. You know, I've just been shipping it through the internet and now it's a thing. And so it looks like we're going to be in the whiskey business wow. and that's cool. Um, why not? Right. I mean, it's just one more thing. I'll probably write a song about it. You have a couple of wee drams. You'll sing a lot of songs about it. <laughs> not so wee. But yeah. <laughs> I want, sure. I, I want to talk about your foundation here in a second because it's fantastic. But I want to go back to something you said at the beginning is, you know, you keep moving, you're doing stuff, you're, you're, you're always at it. And that could not be more true for a long life. I interviewed a guy yesterday, 101 and a half years mm-hmm. old, TK. He fought in uh, World War II. And I said, so TK, what's your secret? And he sounds, I mean, he's just on the phone. He's just, you know, sounds it sounds a hundred. And, 
he said, you got to keep going. And a lady that was on the, the call with him said, he mows other people's lawns. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but it's a riding mower. <laughs> but that's exactly. And, and that kind of leads me into your foundation because those kinds of, uh, of thought patterns, those kinds of processes, you don't run across a lot anymore. And, you know, what you've done with the MicroWorks Foundation in terms of rediscovering what makes America work and getting these kind of jobs that were, I guess, maybe once looked down upon for people to take pride in those kind of jobs and the scholarship. I mean, the numbers on this $5.2 million of scholarships that you've granted through this foundation, man, that's fantastic. Well, thanks. Um, and, and yes, you know, the great lesson from shark week is, <laughs> like like the shark that's a book right there that's a book right there the great well, lesson I mean, from shark week is never stop moving sharks yeah, yeah. never stop moving they can't you know if they do they die right, right so right. a shark is always in motion and uh you know i learned that a long time ago and i just thought as a as a mode of self-preservation there's probably some wisdom in that so i look at life like a like a card game, you know, and I, I'm not dealing. I just get to play the cards I get. Mm. And so dirty jobs were good cards and I played them as best I could. And then the next question becomes, well, now what? Or maybe so what? And and I thought, well, yeah, this will lead to other shows and that'll be fun. But there was a big problem underlying um, all of those shoots, you know, and I, I would talk to people in all 50 states and I've been doing this for 15 years, and they and they all talk about the difficulty of recruiting and hiring people who want to learn a skill that's in demand. And most of these jobs, you know, they're they require training. You don't need right. a four year degree. You right. just need a great work ethic and a willingness to learn a skill that's in demand. So I just thought, I mean, why not? You know, it's one more thing to do, but it also gave me a reason beyond you know, exploding toilets and misadventures and animal husbandry to, you know, go around the country and tell the stories of a lot of these small business people who are who are desperate to hire welders and steam fitters and pipe fitters and plumbers and electricians and all that stuff. The kinds of jobs my granddad did. Right. 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 So, yeah, that just it just started as a PR campaign for good jobs that nobody wanted turned into a scholarship fund. We actually just went over 6 million bucks last wow. month. Wow. And so, you know, we're doing what we can. We've trained about 1600 people and, um, you know, as long as I'm upright, you know, and cutting other people's lawns. <laughs> yeah. Keep yeah. This. Of course, our audience is uh, mainly active duty military veterans and their families. And that message now is resonating with those folks in terms of, Hey, you know what? These skills that I had in the military, I can do this. I can yeah. I, I can get into these jobs and I can get the training. There's a we're based in Kansas City, Missouri, and there's a, a great group out here that uh, is working with the Department of Defense out of Wichita. Not that the Department of Defense is out of Wichita, God forbid, but okay. uh, Project MFG. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. They get a collaborative effort with communities, educators, and industry leaders, and they are. They've got these competitions called Clash of the Trades. They just had one in Brussels, of all places. But yeah. that's that's the kind of thing, not just for veterans, but for for everybody. For you know, high school kids. Sure. Look, take American Idol. 
cross out idol and write in icon and then go (laughs) on a search for the best welder, the best plumber, the best, you know, we, we can do that. You know, I mean, you, we, we get to choose the definition of a good job. We get to decide, you know, what, what's aspirational and, and what's not. That's why it's a fun space to be in, you know, because it's really just a question of where do you want to shine the light and who do you want to call attention to? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that project sounds terrific. And, and I hope your listeners know if there's a, if there's a son or a daughter who's struggling and not quite sure what to do with their life or, or maybe people want to hit the reset button, you know, we'll, we'll give away another million bucks in a few months in work ethic scholarships and please apply microworks.org. Um, we do it every year. We kind of do it constantly now. So, you know, look, it matters to me, Randy, because there's, you know, something's going on right now in this country that, that really has never happened before, at least not in peacetime. We have 7 million able-bodied men mm-hmm. the ages of 25 and 54. And they're, they're not only not working, they're affirmatively not looking. Yeah. Work. Yes. They're, they're sitting home. They're watching screens over 2000 hours a year. And while that's happening, we got 11 million open jobs oh. and, and it, you know, it worries me. It worries me for the country. Uh, never mind all the individuals who who could be prospering but aren't. It just it it says something about who we are as a people when we have 11 million open positions that we can't seem to fill. Yeah. And and many millions of people sitting on their butts. You know, that's that's a problem. And my foundation, the whiskey, a barbershop quartet song, all these things in some weird way usually wind up giving me permission to talk about that thing. And that's the thing that matters. Mm. Well, and, you know, taking pride in what you do. We just had a situation in my house, a little water damage. And there was a company called ServPro, which I had never known about. They're, you know, they're nationwide. These guys got out here in 30 minutes, took care of business, and you... I was so impressed at how proud they were of the job they did. Yeah. And I was like, where's, where's that been? Right. Well, it's always been there. It, the, the thing is we don't look at it. You know, we only, we find what we look for, you know, and we're not really told to look for that pride. It's there, you know, but when you, it's like, I think we talked about this for a little bit last time we chatted. Like when we took wood shop and metal shop, when we took shop <laughs> right. out of high school, you know, what we what we really did was say that that wasn't worth looking at, you know. And so we've we've removed all of these um, uh, optical portrayals of work from the from the sight from the vision of kids at the most formative stage. People don't even know these careers exist anymore, much less, you know, how to take pride in them. And so, yeah, we have to choose what we look at. We have to choose what we show our kids and and what we talk about in terms of work. I think it's important. Yeah, it's very important. And the fact that, you know, like, just like you said, when you talked about woodshop and those kind of things, that was just a class. That wasn't a career. And, right. and now, you know, 
people that were serious about that and got into that are making six figures doing what they absolutely love and they're helping their neighbors. We have of the 1600 people that we've trained through my foundation, I'd say a third of them are welders. And I'd say half of them right now are making over 120 grand. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, if that doesn't wake you up in terms of, you know, getting out there and doing a job, if you you really want a job, it, it absolutely should. But Mike, we got this regular segment called Got Your Six. Six rapid-fire questions from Mike Rowe. You ready? Hit me. Hit me. You're an Eagle Scout. Yes. What is the minimum number of merit badges you have to earn? Well, back in the day, for me, I think it was 22, maybe 23. I don't know if it's changed today. I think when the dust settled, I wound up with 30. You're, you are right on. Right on. Strangest thing. You've been everywhere. What's the strangest thing you've eaten on purpose you know in craig colorado we castrated lambs and we did it the old-fashioned way which uh, (laughs) involved your teeth so i would say biting the uh, testicles off of a few hundred baby lambs (laughs) when is the last time you had or gave a massage well if you count this morning i was very kind to myself if you know what i'm saying gotcha what is your <laughs> What is your favorite podcast right now besides yours? Aside from mine, um let's see. Uh what did I just listen to? You know, I I'll listen to Rogan here and there. Right. I'll listen to Malcolm Gladwell here and there and I'll get some news from the Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro here and there. I don't really listen to many from start to finish. Uh, but I do like to know what's going on out in this place I call Podcast Landia. So I kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a scattershot deal for me. You got to listen to it. We've got a, a podcast called Celebrity Salute. You got to check that out. All right, because you'll, I'll do it. You'll be on it. So this, you are also an on-air host for QVC. I wish I could find some of that video. It's out there. I mean, I can't recommend it, but if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, Google like <laughs> QVC and you'll see some things. Can you give us a sales pitch right now for your mom's book, Vacuuming in the Nude? Vacuuming in the Nude and Other Ways to Get Attention is the third book by New York Times bestselling author Peggy Rowe, also known as my mother. In this book, you'll get a firsthand look at what it took to become a bestselling author. Spoiler alert. The woman wrote every day for 60 years, every single day without getting a publishing deal. Wow. She was 80. It all it all fell into place. Yeah, this is her third book. She's writing her fourth right now. She'll be 85 next month. She's on fire. She she is so and she's so funny. She's so incredible. Uh, Mike, last question uh, for the Got Your Six. Of course, our show, our network is National Defense Network. We need a little jingle for National Defense Network. If you can do something right now on the spot, we want to donate $5,000 to your foundation. We've got to pick. Don't forget your six and answer the questions with Randy now. I love it. Mike, we're going to donate $5,000 to your foundation, man. Thank you for everything that you are doing for everybody, man. I just having a great, a great life. And, uh, uh, 
it's just so well, great that, to talk to you. Look, that's incredibly generous of you, uh, but don't use what I just did. Let me write you something proper, and I'll send it to you uh, early in the year. Okay, that sounds great, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, listen, have a great Christmas and uh, a fantastic New Year. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Randy. We'll do it again soon. Thank you and so thank much. thank you again. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So so honored, too. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.